Welcome, everybody, to the On Podcast, uh, which is the On Microsoft Podcast. Um, it's a bit confusing, but the more we say it, the more it will become uh, everybody's <laughs> lingo. Um, I'm your host, uh, Kareem Anderson. I'm a writer and editor at On Microsoft, and I'm joined with... Arif Vakas. I'm also a freelance writer and editor over at On Microsoft. Been with them for four years now, so you probably know me. You've seen me around. Yeah, he's definitely our hands-on guy, and uh, it's great to have him here today, uh, especially with uh, what we'll be discussing. Uh, just you know, kind of segueing into that, we have our first topic, which is going to be the uh, Surface Duo and some hands-on, which uh, Arif actually had uh, plenty of time with. Yep, I was one of the lucky few at Best Buy who had a hands-on with, with the Duo and the software, so we'll be able to get into that aspect. Uh, Kareem will ask me questions about the duo, and I I'll give you guys all the answers. Yes, uh, and that also segues me into our second topic, which is uh, Project Mocha. It's a new flexible Canvas tool for Microsoft 365. It's been trending on on Microsoft for a few days now, and you guys are really interested in it. So we'll we'll talk to you about it, and I'll tell you uh, my hands-on experience with it. That too, and yeah, uh, Kareem, uh, plenty of hands-on. Um, career, also, career. we're going to be talking about uh, what Intel introduced late in the week. Uh, they they released their, or at least talked about it, releasing their 11th uh, generation Tiger Lake mobile processors. Uh, that also piggybacks on uh, Qualcomm's announcement of the Snapdragon uh, 8CX Gen 2 5G compute platform. Uh, it's a mouthful. We'll get into that as well. And if that's not enough fun for you, we also have a special segment which you will not find on any other podcast. And we like to call it the week ahead. And in this special segment, we'll look at some other trending topics that have been trending at on Microsoft. And we'll put it in a little bit of perspective for you guys and try and see what what, what we think will be newsworthy from Microsoft in the week ahead. Well, that's enough banter and chit chat early on. Let's get into what everyone's really probably here for, and it's the Surface Duo. Uh, and Basically, just the hands-on about it. I mean, I know everyone's talked about the, the camera leading up to this. They've talked about uh, some of the hardware. But now, despite this odd embargo, um, it's, what are your feelings in, you know, having actually touched the device and played with it for quite some time? So that's right. Like, uh, Microsoft obviously sent out review units to the press, but they are embargoed and they cannot talk about the Android experience or the camera experience until September 10th. So what I found a way around that, and I went to Best Buy, which have display units, and I was able to play with it and try out a couple things. And like uh, Kareem was hinting at, uh, that includes the camera and the overall software. So aside, before I get into that, I'll talk about the hardware aspect. And like I said in my hands-on post, which I'll have a link to, uh, the, the most incredible thing is about how thin and light it is and, and how uh, how premium this device feels. But aside from that, once you, once you do the fold and you open the device, you get a version of Android that you've never seen before. Obviously, it's Android 10. Like, Kareem knows he's, he's a Pixel 3 XL owner, and so am I. But the thing with the Duo that... Exactly, there you go. The thing that with the Duo that really impresses is how Android works on it, like with Microsoft Launcher, like being able to drag those apps across the screen, it's so seamless. Like when you drag apps, you don't even feel like the hinge is there. It's, it's so perfect almost. 
And then there's also the camera, which which uh, Kareem is really excited to hear about, right, Kareem? Well, I mean, again, as a Pixel owner, it's it's got a lot to live up to. Um, I'm going to be realistic with everybody. Um, I'm, you know, hesitant about switching from the Pixel to the Duo, but because it's a new form factor, because it's exciting, because you know, not only do I write about Microsoft, but I'm just really interested in using these. Um, uh, I forget what what um, they call them, but the, the pairings, essentially, the the flow. He called it something specific, but. Uh, being able just to kind of have uh, these new experiences uh, on this type of device, I'm ready to make the jump and the leap to it. Um, as you mentioned, you said the the software experience was like nothing everyone anyone has kind of experienced before with Android. And I've been using the Microsoft Launcher, the, the latest version, um, trying to prepare myself for it. Um, I don't know if you've had an Android phone and you've been using it. Yeah, I've had a Pixel 3. Is it a good transition? I say it, it really feels a bit different because you have two screens. So it's really like you have two phones right next to each other right there. So you're able to do more. Like, for instance, I pulled up the New York Times and I had sticky notes on the other screen and I was able to do the inking. And also I had two different websites like New York Times on one screen and and uh, and on Microsoft on the other and I was able to scroll both at the same time. So that's something that even you can't do on other Android phones. And it's it's really what makes the Duo unique. Not to mention the way the camera works, because this was something that I was really concerned about. I'm like, it only has one camera. So how, how will it work for me in my life? So uh, obviously, I took some sample photos. You probably saw me tweeting about it. And it was in the Best Buy showroom floor. But what impressed me most about the Duo is the way that the camera works. Because you have to flip the phone every time you want to switch from selfie to world. And that flip that you have with the camera, it's very seamless. It's almost like instantaneously. And Microsoft really, really, really perfected the software on the Duo. I'm telling you that if you had a doubt that Android would be buggy on the Duo... Just go to the Best Buy and try it and open the camera app and flip the phone around and try and take photos. And you'll see how fluent Android is on the Duo. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And, and just to kind of take a step back and, and assage anybody's complaints about the, the embargo, which I know some people are having issue with, especially in comparison to the Galaxy Z Fold 2 5G megaphone, whatever else the title they add to it. <laughs> um, and they're, you know, the way that they kind of released it. Um, I've been kind of reading comments in Reddit and kind of, you know, scouring the, the YouTubes for, for all kind of videos and just kind of seeing what the conversation is like. And I, I took it upon myself to kind of understand where Microsoft's coming from with this embargo. And I don't really see it being any different, honestly, than the way that the Fold was released in any other embargo. Yeah, right. Usually you yeah. have, a, you know, a... a explosion of unboxings and first-hand impressions. No one comes out of the gate with their full-on review. They usually wait about 14 days. Um, some people, um, you know, like Mr. Mobile or, or uh, uh, some other guys, you know, take a, a decent amount of time, maybe about a month before they have their full review anyway. So right. with Microsoft saying, you know, you can only talk about the hardware at this point in time, I feel like that's basically what people were going to do anyway. They were going to grab the phone, talk about how it flips, talk about how premium and thin it was, and then wait two weeks or so before they come out with 
the actual, hey, this is what I did with it. This is what I used it for for the last two, right. two and a half weeks. It's, so something, that, it's something that you and I are familiar with as people who do reviews. Like yourself, you review Lenovo laptops, and I also review laptops. Uh, I'm a freelance writer, so I do all kinds of reviews. So yeah. when you get the Duo, the first impression is always hardware, and then what do you do? You install Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, and you need to spend time with the phone. So why why rush people to enter review? Give them, let them talk about the hardware first, and then give them time and let them experience it the right way, and let them play with the software. Because that that's something that someone on YouTube commented about on my video on my hands-on. They're like. This guy doesn't know how to do the app pairing. This guy, this guy doesn't know how to how to do this. Well, I'm like, if it's your first time experiencing it, you need time to get used to it. Right. So you don't you don't want people to to have uh to do reviews and be like, I tried to duo and Android crashed. I tried to duo and Android app pairs didn't work. I tried to duo and the camera didn't work. So yeah. you have to you have to give people time to go out there. And to try, try it and, and get it right. Well, it's which interesting is, because even is, with as polished as my right. pixel is and going on, you know, uh, a year and a half of this or a year almost with this thing, um, I still get Instagram crashes on this thing. And yeah. I'm not going to judge the phone by those crashes. I mean, everything else is amazing. The camera's awesome. The, the software's amazing. But again, I get app crashes and I wouldn't want to produce a, a review saying, hey, I had app crashes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just a thing well, that happens. No, no phone is perfect. Remember Antenna Gate with the iPhone? Every yeah. every phone maker has some sort of issue. And if it's Android and the software issue, if that would be a problem with the Duo, I cannot tell you. But I do know, we do know that Microsoft pushed back the release of the Duo by a week so they could get this software right. So I'm telling you, from trying it out at a Best Buy, it was as smooth as it could be. So I, I'm absolutely 99% positive that there won't be no software or Android problems with the Duo. And that is a stamp of approval for the Duo. All of you go out and buy it, spend all of your money, and if you have a bad experience, you know where to find him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the duo again, uh, probably every time we open up this podcast. But you know, I think it's time to move on. Uh, we'll come back yeah. again to it. Uh, I spent too much time about the duo. Yeah, it just well, let's shows how excited we are. Into our next topic, which is the Project Mocha, and another more and some more hands-on that you had with another product. So yeah, Mocha is something a little bit like Trello. I, I know some of you guys who follow us for our Office and, and Microsoft 365 coverage probably familiar with Trello. So Mocha is a bit like Trello and it's a, it's one of those project management and workflow management uh, apps and services. So it's basically like a canvas and you could drag all of your content from Microsoft 365 into this canvas to help you plan your day. You could drag in like emails, weather, sticky notes, to-do lists, and it's on a canvas known as a space. Uh, you guys probably heard of Outlook Spaces, so Project Mocha is another is basically the same thing. It's just a just a different code name, and the reason why they call it Spaces is because you have different templates for different things you could do in Mocha. Excuse me, 
there are templates for for like a weekly plan, a project plan, a school plan, a meal plan, or like a personal wellness plan. And with all these plans, you're able to drag the stuff from across Microsoft 365, like your emails onto this board and analyze all of your thoughts. It's something that I myself use for my upcoming Surface Duo review, like I showed you in my hands-on, which we'll have a link to in the description, like how you could use this to, to plan your review or plan a day or plan something and get all of your all of your thoughts at once. But uh, enough about me, Kareem. Kareem himself is someone who, who, works, multi, who more, works multiple jobs. So pretty sure this is something that you'll find useful, right? Yeah, uh, I, uh, my day job is marketing. Um, and, you know, every place I've worked at uh, has some kind of management tool, some CRM for, for working in things. And, um, you know, I kind of compared this in my, in my article about it, that this, you know, is nothing new. Um, and, you know, we don't even know how well it'll work across all of these things. I know you had hands-on, but it's kind of in preview right now. Yep. But where I see the big advantage is, is that it's a streamlined approach to Microsoft 365, specifically Office 365. Um, and what it does is it allows people who have uh, patchwork solutions, you know, they, and they might be using Trello, they might be using Slack, they might be using Google Docs uh, as a way to kind of, you know, get around the... Uh, uh, hindrances of being a small business, small to medium-sized business starting out and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, pursuing a, uh, a subscription-based solution with Microsoft may not have seemed feasible or financially viable at the time, but now you start adding things like this into the bundle and, you know, you start seeing the benefit that Microsoft is building with this. You know, you have now your Trello solution, you have your Slack solution, you have probably one of the best email solutions in Outlook, and it all starts to kind of make sense uh, for, for people, you know, I think which Microsoft is kind of going after for the, you know, these small to medium-sized businesses. Yeah, it's been a thing for Microsoft. It's like have a one-stop hub for everything for your business. We saw that with Teams and we saw that with Office and Word. Everything plugs in all together, even with Yammer and what and uh, OneDrive. Yeah, I started using all. Yammer for the first time. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, exactly. So it's all about trying to help make your life easier and make make your business easier and get get stuff done. Yeah, um, and again, it's you know uh, we'll be seeing probably ideally some more information kind of leak out about this. Um, like I said, they kind of gave a preview uh, yeah, in May. Still in preview. Quiet because of COVID. I'm assuming they they had a blog post this week about you know it being officially a project they're working on and uh, they're talking about rolling it out to more people. They haven't given it a deadline. Um, they haven't given it an official uh, business name, but I would assume over the next few weeks and months, we'll start to see more features and start to hear more about the development team as time goes on. Um, and, you know, and Eric will, will, will uh, give us more information as he, get, as he gets it. Uh, moving on, we'll be talking about uh, more hardware, uh, potentially in the, in the future and what it's being powered by, which is specifically- not just, not just Surface Duo, we're talking about yeah, other hardware beyond, other hardware, but, beyond Android. But phones. what we're about to talk about might dovetail into Surface Duo topics again, where we're talking about the release of uh, Intel's 11th gen Tiger Lake uh, mobile compute processing chip and Snapdragon's uh, 8CX uh, Gen 2 5G uh, chips where, uh, you know, obviously uh, this is the next generation uh, of mobile chips and 
to be processing for them. Intel's version is saying they're promising up to about 20% faster uh, processing speeds for office and productivity type solutions. Um, they were very specific about that. So for anybody out there hoping for, for gaming or anything else, video streaming, stuff like that, we'll have to kind of hold our horses uh, until we get a chance to, to test it out. They're also talking about being two and a half, almost two point times, 2.7 times faster with real world photo editing. And um, what that kind of, you know, should be for people, and I'm assuming they're basing this off of Adobe. Um, so uh, any type of integration that can speed that processor up um, on, on computers, I'm sure all the creatives will, will appreciate that. Um, so is then, it something you'll see in, in a Pro, Surface Pro 8 maybe? Uh, I would, mm, I don't know, because Microsoft is always, since they got burned, and I forget which specific chip it was, about three, four years ago, they have been very cautious about putting the latest chip in, uh, especially since, you know, the hardware is always about three years in production. So I would be cautious to, to see uh, Intel's um, 11th gen in this, you know, in this fall's lineup, if, if and when they do announce it. They're usually a chipset behind just so they can optimize everything and make sure that they have all the driver sets forward and people aren't kind of complaining out of the gate. Uh, Intel, like I said, burned them and Apple. Um, and I'll have to go back to my reference on what specific chip it was. But it, it bogged down systems. It made, you know, Microsoft spent a good majority of, I think it was 2018, the end of 2017, 2018, just sending out firmware updates to kind of fix what Intel kind I of I think this of, was the Surface Book 2, and not Surface Book 2. The original Surface Book that right. had that, that sleep-wake issue and yes. hot, hot back syndrome. So yeah. they will hold off on it. But in um, the mobile side of things, you know, Snapdragon's uh, talking about their integrated GPUs, uh, again, a, a leap in performance for gaming uh, up to two times. And, I mean, I game on my phone now as it is, and it's amazing. Um, they're saying that they're going to have, uh, again, two times faster in uh, productivity processing. And they're also comparing it all already to uh, Intel's 11th gen processors uh, about uh, performance-wise, you know, again, uh, the way that Snap, the Qualcomm chips kind of operate are single-core burst versus, uh, you know, uh, dual quad-core processing speed. So, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt as it is, but, you know, over the past few years, they've been, you know, showing how well they can uh, take into account, you know, actual productivity, you know, uh, managing dual, multiple screens, Iris, uh, they were also talking about bringing in uh, Iris technology to kind of uh, make sure that they're mapping eye movement and probably integrating more facial recognition and beefing that up. So maybe they can start to account for masks that we're all having to wear now because of the pandemic. <laughs> um, they're also talking about integrated Wi-Fi 6, Thunderbolt 4, and Dolby Vision right off the bat support. So again, these this are is all, a chip. These are all things that the Surface Pro X should have had to begin with. So uh, I know I cut you off there, but no, no, it's some it's something that I think would go, as someone who used an original Surface Pro X, aside from the limitations because of Windows 10 and ARM. I mean, the performance of the original HCX it wasn't all that bad, but if you look at the benchmarks, I mean, they're synthetic, obviously. People were like, "Oh, it's not as fast in Chrome," or it's it's freezing. It wouldn't run this. It wouldn't run that. 
So if Gen 2 is better than the original, I'm pretty sure it's something Microsoft might consider for a next-gen Surface Pro X, right? Well, I mean, if and again, I love this. I love the idea of the Surface Pro X, and I'm hoping that we see a design for the Pro series that follows it. But again, I, I'm just sitting back and, and with the news of uh, Adobe uh, Acrobat Reader being, you know, optimized for the for the, uh, the Surface Duo. Duo. I'm mm-hmm. seeing less and less reason to go out and buy the touchscreen device like the Pro X right now where I can buy a solid Surface Pro laptop 3 or something like that and do all my inking and, 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 you know, touch compute on this device, which again will also be, you know, if they come up with the uh, Duo 2, which I'm presuming they will by next year. Yeah, well, Walking Walking Cat tweeted about a code name for the Duo 2. I think, uh, I think Zach said, Zach from Windows Central said it is in the works. Yeah, I mean it's got to be. There's no way, and I, I think by the third generation, this will be a hot, a hot item. Um, but again, if they use this chip uh, for next generation, they'll also be coming with uh, better battery optimizations uh, with the new SoC, about 50% greater system-wide performance for battery stuff. Uh, and again, I don't know what they measure that by. Maybe just video streaming, but e- either way, more batteries always better. Uh, they'll have built-in 5G modems as well. Uh, you know, when that actually becomes something that's you know, of importance to people and support for 4K dual screen. So plug in your uh, your Duo and again, that could potentially be the, the solution to DeX and the successor to Continuum. I just, I see a lot of potential with this chip in Microsoft's hardware. So you think Snapdragon is gonna be a bigger thing than Intel moving forward? I think so. I mean, just judging by, I got, I had some review units using uh, even the Ryzen, AMD Ryzen. Uh, it just seems like Intel's moving at, at a much slower pace than its competitors at the moment. I don't, you know, discount them. They're they're great for performance, but when I when I you know flare up a, a Ryzen Pro Seven versus an Intel i7, I'm hearing the fans blowing that on the Intel. I'm hearing, you know, I'm getting heat where you know I'm not getting it on these other processors. And I'm also seeing, you know, devices like, you know, you see your Note 20 and, and things like that coming out and doing amazing things. And, you know, whole, you know, they're holding entire operating systems within the chip itself. Uh, so, you know, there's just so much more happening than what, what Intel's doing at the moment. Let's just hope that Snapdragon doesn't end up the way of Windows Phone. <laughs> Let's hope most things don't end up the way of Windows Phone. And that the duo doesn't end up the way of Windows Phone. I don't. I don't believe so. I think they they, they managed to leapfrog that with putting Android on right at the beginning. I think if Windows Phone um, had Android, we'd be having a whole different discussion at the moment. I, I've seen people talk on Reddit about how their pre-orders are being delayed, and uh, instead of getting it on the tenth, they're getting it on the fourteenth. So I do believe that there is genuine interest on the, about the on with the duo out there. So I hope it it's a big thing for Microsoft going yeah. forward. Aside from the form factor, there, there's no big leap there. I mean, you know Android, you've used Android. It's similar to iOS at this point. I mean, it's not going to be as different as using uh, live tiles and, and hubs and things like that. <laughs> exactly. All um, right. Well, that, that'll segue us into our special segment that we yeah. like to call the week ahead. So something week ahead. That, this is something that you will not find on any other podcast. Just like how Korea... They got it here first. <laughs> right? It's it's no copy pasta here. We're, we got original content with this 
week ahead look. So that, that brings me to my first topic, which is I believe that this week we will hear more about office news because this week we obviously heard about Mocha and we heard about some Teams topics and the List app coming to Teams. So maybe we could have some more Teams news ahead and possibly some more uh, Office news or Microsoft 365 news because Ignite is also coming up, which I know Kareem has registered for and has attended in the past. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's always a good time to, to go and see what Office is doing and see how the world of Azure is coming into frame. Uh, you know, you always hear about uh, AI and machine learning and things like that. But when you go to Ignite, you get to see developers actually put these products to use. So you get to see use cases uh, in, you know, in your breakout sessions that make it you know, much more tangible and understandable than just you know, Satya kind of talking about his love of it. <laughs> All right, and speaking of love for it, that brings us <laughs> into our next look ahead topic, which is flight sim becoming a new Yeah, thing. you love this thing, man. I mean, um, you and I were having a discussion. If there's anybody out there that's in charge of desktop computing that can give us some hardware, please send this man some hardware so he can play <laughs> his love his play the love of his life, which is Flight Simulator. You couldn't talk yeah. enough about it. It's had like over 1 million players on Game Pass for PC. That's amazing. Freaking all kinds of records. Yeah, I mean, this is this is something that the Xbox team needs to marinate on and be like, come back with, with some kind of marketing behind Xbox Series 1X and this game. So expect Flight Sim to be a big topic moving ahead forward, if not into this week, into the next few months. Because people are obviously at home playing this thing, talking about one million players on Game Pass alone. Yeah, I mean, I live in Florida, and it's it's hurricane season, and they've already talked about people flying into hurricanes, and we got the next couple of months of people in other places, not us, not in Florida, but in other places, being able to go fly into these crazy hurricanes. You might be able to fly, and we could do this podcast virtually, like in an airplane, through Fight Simulator. We're going to have to put that together. That is going to be, you know, we'll, we'll be able to sit in first class and have this podcast. Exactly. So we still have one more topic left for our week ahead. And Karim will mention it because he's a big Windows guy, right? Yes, yes. I've, and, and, and I've constantly been asking in our chat, when the H are we going to get some Windows 10X love? Uh, we're getting all of these insider bills, which, again, I appreciate. And, and I want to tell the team right now that I appreciate all your work. We do. We do. Um, but there's been no features, really. And we finally got one, which is the new uh, keyboard, the, right, the Windows 10 inspired keyboard. And so that's, that's, it's not exactly from Windows 10 X. No, it's just to be clear. It's, it's inspired by it because the, like uh, Cody did, showed you guys in her ha in his hands on, the, the way the emoji pickers and stuff work, it shifted away from that Windows 8 keyboard that we had in Windows 10 for like probably four or five years now. Yes. Yeah, and like I said, um, if, these, if this is how they start dropping in hints of what we're hoping to see in 2021 as far as Windows 10X development goes and whatever the Neo comes out and stuff like that, I am all for it. Um, I, you know, I'm looking, looking forward to testing this keyboard out. I've got some uh, 
two-wheel convertibles that can kind of flip over and start playing with it uh, with actual touch. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll write up a piece about about that keyboard and in comparison to uh, keyboards on the phone, keyboards on other tablets, uh, just to kind of get the ball going on some exciting new Windows 10 development. Yep, that's pretty much good. Insider news will be a big thing going forward. Now that we had that one big feature, who knows, maybe there's other thing planned ahead. Yeah, like I said, um, you and I were discussing this in the chat. I plan on having a feature where we talk to Microsoft execs about their marketing and, and what to do with the business. Uh, I you know, want to hold a, a daily or weekly conversation with Sachin Adela to say, hey, bring back some products. Bring back some love <laughs> to the consumers. Who knows? Maybe we might even get him to be a guest on this podcast. Uh, you know, at this point, I feel like we can, we can aim the bar just a tad bit lower, and I'm sure Steve Ballmer is somewhere ready to talk to somebody. When he's not busy managing his basketball team. Uh, the Clippers, oh, Jesus, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> they're having a rough season, so uh, I'm sure he'll be available to talk. <laughs> okay. So I think that that's pretty much everything we've covered this week. Uh, we yeah, went thank to, you uh, for, for joining us, and uh, we hope to see you again here next week, uh, and we'll be that many days closer to actual duo on the pat- podcast and, and talking about it and playing with it once again. Yep. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon. Have a great week. Take care, everyone.